0: Cortex. This is a lot of woke nonsense. This is not about transphobia. It's about fairness for women. I want to hear from women, not from biological males who are no better than those East German drug cheats. The nerve of you, Carly Webb. This is yet just another example of the liberal agenda running amok. If we don't stop these transgenders now, they're going to turn your little boy into one. I'm telling you, we got to stop them and make America great again. If you let these biological males in spoil, there'll be nothing left for the real women. This woke agenda has gone way too far. It's gotten out of hand. This transgenderism is getting ridiculous. I'm here to tell you, I've said it a million times, facts don't care about your feelings. It is imperative that we keep those biological males out of women's spaces. Think of the children! Hello again everybody, I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb and this is the Transporter Room, the intersection of sports, transness, science fiction, and a lot of other stuff. I've been, you know, watching a lot of dystopian science fiction last week or so. Um, I caught up on the Ghost in the Shell reboot on... Netflix I was I was getting a little dystopian anime. I was kind of in that mood and I even The started picking the handmaid's tale up again for a minute, but then I put it down. Why? Because who needs fictional dy- Dystopia when you're living through the real thing right now, especially if you're trans in this country and later on the podcast Gonna have a good friend of the podcast is making the debut this week under the cauldron of the dystopia that we're living in. But first, an example of it, some breaking news today. And this came from Katie Kodal, reporter for the Palm Beach Times, who've been working the last couple months on something that's pretty explosive. And whenever people in my craft doing good work, I'm calling them out. So, Katie, good on you for this story in the Palm Beach Times about apparently in Florida, it seems that if you're a girl and you're playing in high school sports, as part of this now the online physical form that you use that that you have to send to a doctor so they can clear you to play. well apparently it's asking a very interesting question. They're asking female athletes about their periods when they last got one and how many weeks between them. They're creepy and, they're kooky, they're right wing and, they're spooky, discussing bits of Just stay away from me. Cisgender People Ad again. This is this is beyond creepy. This this is this is state sponsored Gilead creepy. That's what this is. And the the story in the Palm Beach Times goes on to talk about how the schools get the info and then the info is stored by the schools and under law it could be subject to subpoena. And this is different from what any other state does. The national forums would basically just ask a bunch of routine questions, your doctor signs it, and you're on your way. But given what we're in with the overturn of Roe v. Wade in the summer, there's a lot of people who are looking at the privacy ends of this, and they're raising the red flags pretty high. And one doctor said, quote, I think we're all on edge right now, according to the article. And there's even more to this because apparently under the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, which is a federal law that protects student privacy, the schools are still allowed to disclose these records without consent to parties designated, quote, school officials with legitimate educational interests. Now, these forms are done online and they're sent to a firm, a data collection firm called Activate. And Activate is deemed to be a school official entitled to receive this relevant information and be able to disseminate it because they are considered people who are within the educational interest. Now, this scares me as somebody who's very much into right to privacy. This scares me at a lot of levels because this, in some ways, is forcing parents to give up their rights over their own kids, in a sense, to the state. Wait a minute. Um, who runs Florida? Oh yeah, Ron DeSantis. Yeah, the same Ron DeSantis who flipped the bird to LGBTQ America by signing laws that banned trans students from 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 sports in their schools and did it on the first day of Pride. Remember that. This guy does ugly stuff like that on the first day of Pride. So you know how he feels about the rainbow community. Now, at one level, this is very much. Uh, this could be very much an anti-abortion tool, and it could also be an anti-trans tool as well. And, I mean, really think about this for a second, people. Um, If you don't think transphobia is not a part of this, you're not paying attention. If you think they're trying to make sure that those trans kids don't sneak onto a school team with this, you're not paying attention. But we're going to be and we're going to keep our eyes on it. If you want to know more, the article is in the liner notes. Last Thursday, the two year struggle of Seoul versus Connecticut Association Schools met a pretrial hearing at the U.S. District Court of Appeals in New York City. Now, the lawsuit and we've covered it here at the Transporter Room and in OutSports, involves three cisgender girls who are high school athletes in the state of Connecticut. They're being represented by that well-known group, also known as an LGBTQ hate group, by the Southern Poverty Law Center, the Alliance Defending Freedom, against two transgender girls who are also in college. Now, one thing, prior to the start of the hearing, a contingent of athletes backed by the ACLU posted a video across social media Showing support to the two transgender women, young women now, Andrea Yearwood and Terry Miller. who well, again, they've since graduated from high school. Among those, including the video, were Megan Rapino, former Team USA soccer midfielder Lori Lindsey, WNBA players Jasmine Thomas and Lisha Clarendon, and athlete advocate Chris Mosier. They were a part of it. Here's what they had to say. I know Terry Miller and Andrea Yearwood are in court today to argue in defense of the simple fact that they had the right to participate in sports just like their peers. This lawsuit claims that cis women and girls are threatened by the inclusion of trans women and girls in sport, but that isn't true. I know firsthand the threats that
1: women's sport faces in this country and around the world, but the inclusion of trans girls is not
0: one of them. I'm so sorry that Terry and Andrea have continued to endure so much discrimination And that ultimately, it led them to stop participating in the sport that they love. Gender justice in sport will never be realized if we exclude our trans sisters. Today and every day, I fight in solidarity with trans athletes and all trans people. Now, within the case itself, the Alliance Defending Freedom and their lawyers feel this should go to trial because they're in the hopes of it violates Title IX. And in turn, what they want is for the records to be a sponge so that Yearwood and Miller would be completely wiped out of the CIC record books as state champions and be replaced by the people who fished behind them. And many of those they claim would be the names of Selena Soul, Chelsea Miller, and Alana Smith, their clients. Here's what their attorney, Roger Black, had to say on that.
1: These young women, meet after meet, saw that in Connecticut, those who were born female didn't have an equal chance. And perhaps more problematic Their little sisters standing on the sidelines saw meet after meet that those born female like them didn't have an equal chance to win. That is contrary to the very heart of Title IX.
0: In response, the ACLU's attorney, Joshua Block, is saying that Black's interpretation of Title IX, the ADF's interpretation of Title IX, is a complete fallacy.
1: Plaintiff's complaint is based on the false legal premise that Title IX creates a federal definition of sex. That invalidates the anti-discrimination laws of every state within this circuit and requires schools to treat transgender girls as though they're cisgender boys. Every court to consider the topic of transgender athletes has held exactly the opposite. They've held that Title IX requires schools to treat transgender students consistently with their identity.
0: Whether it goes to trial or not is in the hands of a panel of judges. They're going go to the, go over the arguments and then figure it out from there. Estimates are it's going to take a few months to really unravel everything to see whether it goes to trial or not, but we're going to keep you posted here at the Transporter Room and Outsports.com. Shifting gears to the situation now in Vermont, where there's been a lot of to do about a locker room up there. Now, according to WCAX TV, there was a situation last week where. A group of where the Randolph High School girls' volleyball team is banned from their own locker room while school officials are investigating um, an issue that involved a transgender student that was confirmed was also on the team. Now, in Vermont, the policy is trans trans kids can play the sport that corresponds to their gender identity, and some of the members of the girls' volleyball team at Randolph High School objected to having a transgender teammate in their locker room while they're changing. And apparently the, the the student the trans student said something that was inappropriate. There was a fight, there were some things that ensued. And the cisgender girls on the team are accusing the trans girl of bullying them. One of those was a was a young lady on the team named Blake Allen, who was quoted in the story by the TV station saying, quote, it's a huge thing. Everyone's asking, so why aren't you allowed in the locker room? And she said, "Quote, my mom wants me to do this interview to try and make a change. I feel like for stating my opinion that I don't want a biological man changing with me, that I should not have harassment charges or bullying charges, they should all be dropped." Now, there were no mention of charges officially filed by anyone. But of course, certain media outlets, certain right, a lot of right-wing media outlets have gone all out with this. They've run with this story all the way over to the daily failover in the UK. But there's another side to the story. And this came to light on October 3rd when the mother of the transgender student told the Vermont alternative newspaper seven days that her daughter was bullied. And she said, quote, she never really felt unwelcome or like she didn't belong at the high school even though she'd been going to this high school since 8th grade. According to this article, um, the mother reported that her daughter, after being yelled at, went to a bat- was being harassed by the other girls on the team, and after she went to a locker room bathroom stall to change, she was checking with her teammates as to, okay, what jersey we're wearing today, and the girls started yelling and harassing her again. She also went on to say that She was told one thing by the same TV station who had the initial report, and then a completely different report came out. Essentially, this mother is saying that the things that have been said about her daughter are not true. Now, everyone, there's still a lot to make heads or tails about, but one thing I will say is that this is an example of what gets ugly about this discourse. And, it's the, and we saw the same thing with all the talk about Leah Thomas was in the locker room exposing herself anything we say about a trans person we already know that enough other cisgender people will believe it to make that transgender person look bad no matter what the truth is we've been here before that's how lynchings get started we're going to take a little break to Talk about some great things that have been out there in out sports right now. Ken Schultz has an excellent story on British curler Moa out proud and in the inaugural Mixed Double Super Series, currently sporting an unbeaten record as they're going through the preliminary rounds of that. Check out that story by Ken Schultz. Sid Ziegler had a story on Jeff Rother, former linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys, also out, also proud in his husband. Went to the Cowboys reunion last weekend, and it was very good, very open. Another good story by Sid. And Alex Rimmer on the sports kiki also had a story on this this past weekend about Mackenzie Dumford. Now, Mackenzie Dumford plays in the the Canada Junior Football League and came out to the team at the start of the year as non-binary, and the coaches thanked them for it. And there's a lot to this story. It's a really good story. I read it and also I listened to the Kiki interview at McKenzie Dunford. Check it out. Now, something else that came out on Tuesday. And I want to send a note to all the teams that visit children's hospitals and all the players that work with children's hospitals especially. You know, recently there's been a lot of heat on the children's hospitals in our country. Some of them have been threatened. Threatened because among the services they provide, they provide affirming health care to transgender youth. You know, you've had some people call in things like bomb threats, threaten bodily harm and violence on health care providers at these places. It's gotten so bad that a group of organizations the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Medical Association, and the Children's Hospital Association send a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland, basically calling for the Department of Justice to, quote, investigate the organizations, individuals, and entities coordinating, provoking, and carrying out bomb threats and threats of personal violence against children's hospitals and physicians across the U.S. The letter also goes on to say, quote, these coordinated attacks threaten federally protected rights to health care for patients and their families. The attacks are rooted in an intentional campaign of disinformation where a few high profile users on social media share false and misleading information targeting individual physicians and hospitals, resulting in a rapid escalation of threats, harassment and disruption of care across multiple jurisdictions. Our organizations have called on technology companies to do more to prevent this practice on digital platforms, and we now urge your office to take swift action to investigate and prosecute all organizations, individuals, and entities responsible. Attorney General Garland, get on the job. But also, to all the professional sports teams, and all the athletes, and all the college sports teams, even high school teams, if you work closely with a children's hospital, if you have players that go visit sick kids, if you do the gripping and grins and hand the balls out in the cancer wards and in the intensive care units and in the individual rooms where little kids are getting well, if you are involved in all of these things, these wonderful things that you do, I need you speaking out on this. I need you to speak out. I need you too. I need you speaking up on this as well. Every ball club, every athlete who does a lot of work with children's hospitals, now's the time on this one, stand up and be counted. Because what's happening with these threats is a ticking time bomb. And it needs to be dealt with before something tragic happens. There are people that are just that unhinged because they just don't like trans people. And this just doesn't affect trans kids. If this goes too far, and if someone carries out what they've been threatening, this will affect everyone's kid. This will affect a lot of kids. You're hearing the red alert claxon, you know what that means? Got to take a break. Give love to the sponsors. But when we come back, good friend of the podcast, Pioneer Award winner, Lane Ingram, joining us because he's got a big debut coming up. He's going to be on Dr. Phil. That and more coming up next. I'm Carly Chardonnay-Webb. This is the Transporter Room. Stay with us. And welcome back to the Transporter Room. I'm your host, Carly Chardonnay Webb. And as I said in our first segment, um, who needs to watch dystopia like Handmaid's Tale or Ghost in the Shell when we've got real life dystopian that's out here, especially in this election year, which is a little bit more than one month from now. We all go to the polls in a very contentious midterm election. But also, there's all the news, and if you are a transgender American, this news doesn't bode well, but neither does it bode well for the way it will affect cisgender people as well. And in the middle of this, Maelstrom, you're trying to find sensible voices, and one sensible voice who I consider a mentor in many ways and a friend of this podcast Will be making a television debut later this week on the Dr. Phil show. Now on Dr. Phil, they're going to be talking about transgender athletes. And among the people booked are Dr. Carol Hoven from from Harvard, who works with that Icons Group, also known as the group that ran Transphobia Palooza out in Las Vegas back in June. Um, Riley Gaines, who's become the poster child for every app for every politician who wants to ride down on transgender Americans right now, and Nancy Hogshead-Makar of the Cisgender Women's Sports Policy Working Group, who's also working with the people that brought you Palooza during the summer. But there's one voice out of the wilderness that, are, that we hope that is going to set some people straight, and that is Lane Ingram. Lane Ingram, 2021 Outsports, Pioneer Award winner for coaching, head women's basketball coach at Lansing Community College in Michigan, and a proud black trans man who's go, who will set you straight if you come out of pocket. And as a preview, we are more than proud and always proud to beam him up. So from Lansing, Michigan, <laughs> welcome to the transporter room, Coach Groom Energized.
1: It's always something to be here, and you always you do you pump me up. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to go. Well, before um, we get
0: into the brass tacks. How about how about them Wolverines?
1: How about a threat? The Wolverines.
0: The what about how about them? Hey,
1: listen. Four and zero and looking convincing. Let's say that four and zero and looking like we're here to stay.
0: I'm well, saying. that's the thing. How I mean, how do you see the 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 rest of the season? Looked very formidable against Iowa last weekend? I
1: agree. I mean, that's a was a tough place to play. You know. Um, I'm proud of how these kids are playing. Um, You know, we got a lot of people talking about the defensive line and you know what we lost, which we did have a big loss. But they're playing hard and getting it done, so I think it looks good. I mean, I think we're certainly going to beat Michigan State this year. Um, And I think we have a chance again to beat Ohio State because JJ's playing good. He's athletic. Um, You know, Quorum is doing the thing. I mean, we're number four for a reason. Leaders and best. You know how we do.
0: Yeah, I, I know I, I know what y'all are doing. I mean, after I mean, kinda kinda had that little kinda had the little hiccups here and there against Maryland but got it done, beating got Iowa. Got it recently. done. Then you've got an Indiana team that lost to a subpart Nebraska team of the weekend. Yeah. And then followed by Penn State, and then of course the big one I on on Halloween weekend with Michigan State and the big one. I don't see any reason. Michigan could be unbeaten going into Ohio, going into Columbus against Ohio State in November.
1: It's very likely. Here's the thing: Michigan State always gets up to play us. Obviously, I mean it's an in-state rival, um, but as their big brother, of course they're gonna. You know, they, they're always more excited to play us, and so we just we gotta be ready. It's always a great game, um, but I think we'll take care of them pretty handily. I hope that ages well.
0: Well, I'm um, well. I didn't tell you this much. Um, that Michigan State Ohio State game is is the, look is looking more and more like the real Big Ten championship game because the West Division is in a jumble right now. Who knows who's going to come out of that? I mean, Illinois beating Wisconsin, yeah. Nebraska getting on the board. The only team that looks really bad right now are my Wildcats. And I know I talked a lot of trash <laughs> over the summer about Northwestern and. Uh, that didn't age well yeah, but a lot but heading in into-
1: Northwestern's got a nice facility though so you got that
0: well i know well one thing i i saw the schematics for the new Ryan field they look good i'm yeah. i'm like i'm looking forward to going to a game there once they get it built in about 4 or 5 years right. but going into the brass tacks of what we're seeing right now because this election year getting more contentious. You're in one of those states that's in the middle of it. Hot governor's race up there. Hot. And these things are and the issue of, once again, of trans kids playing sports in schools being talked, at, talked about across this country. Um, you're seeing just from a coach standpoint, parent standpoint. Yeah. What are you seeing in the in this debate right now?
1: I mean, I'll give you a perfect example right now. You know, you pumped me up in the opening and and talked about how I'm going on Dr. Phil. And so on my podcast Facebook, I put a post up there. I said, you know, this Friday I'll be talking about trans athletes. And right away I get a comment from somebody that's like, I disagree with you. There's There's a lot of transgender high school athletes that are taking opportunities away from students and scholarships away and my first response was define a lot like what do you what are you talking about you know when I when I went on the show one thing I can share with you is I tried to impress upon them like you're talking about a problem that doesn't exist and the things that we do as adults the decisions that we make to make things harder for people it trickles all the way down to the kids because What are they supposed to do? And then it's further tied together when there's legislation that says we're banning the health care that you need. And so the real message is we just don't want you here. That's what I'm seeing.
0: And that's one of the things that's interesting because no, for for all those who don't know, check your local listings. Lane Ingram on Dr. Phil this coming Friday, October the 7th, I'm I've already got my DVR set, ready to go, on every possible channel that, that you can get some Dr. Phil. I've already got it ready to go because of the people that are on it. Now, first off, one of the people that's on it has been in the news a great deal. And first, did they did they tell you who's gonna be on it? Did you find out before you went out there to do the show? Uh, I found out
1: before the show, um, you know, one thing I will say the producer that I worked with, she was great. She, mm-hmm. she gave me as much information as she had. She was open about, you know, what my role was going to be. She, um, you know, and as soon as she fu- was able to confirm the people, she told me who it was going to be. And so it gave me a chance to, you know, look them up you know, look at some of the most more recent things that they have been doing and saying, obviously i just seen what was going on with Riley Gaines. um, So that wasn't a surprise, Um, but it was, it was, it was good to see. And I knew, and I knew it was going to be, I wasn't sure what the setup was going to be. But as you can see from the picture that they put out, right. So you have Dr. Phil in the middle, you have those two on one side with Riley right there. And then you got me on the other side.
0: See, now, that's the one thing because I want to talk about Riley Gaines for a minute. I, going into that, what was just kind of like the thought in your mind in regards to, prior to going to the show, the things she said. Because I can tell you for myself, I would have to. I'd have to put a lot of prayer into not saying what I would feel about her if I was in the situation you were in.
1: Yeah, I mean. Obviously, when I found out who was going to be on there, I, I had already seen her, you know, and known what she had said and how she had reacted. Um, but as I was watching her, when I was preparing for the show, um, she had just gotten gotten down at some Republican event or convention. or maybe, she, you know, I can't remember which one she was at. And. Of course, I mean, it was it's upsetting. I mean, I was like, yeah, you know, like who wants to deal with this? But I was like, me, I I will. And so the thing is, is that when we got on the show, she joined us virtually. And so the thing that really just hit me when she was talking, honestly, was like, she's just a kid too. And that's what I tried to impress upon them when she was talking about Leah. Like, Leah and every other college athlete are still kids who want to just play their sport. Because they love it. And when Leah gets done being a swimmer, she's gonna keep being a trans person because yeah. that's that's not what it's about for, for us. We happen to be people who love a sport. Like we're we're trans people. And so I mean, with with Riley Gaines, I mean, she was able to talk a lot. Um, and you know, part of what I wanted to do was, you know, listen. But also call out things that I didn't agree with, and also make sure to tell people this is the actual other side of what it's like, And here's the truth as far as I know it. Um, and I hope that that's how it comes across, you know
0: Thoughts on Leah Thomas on on how on how this whole situation has become this this mushroom cloud that it became. Yeah, and there's I no mean- talking about her now, and and theoretically, b- because of the rules that Fina just passed, she the college career was it for her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Leah Thomas, and I think one of the reasons why they did pick me to come is because what I said was I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of her. And I can't believe how brave and courageous she is and was to stand up and do that because to be in front of the world like that to be talked about to have your name out there to have people talk about you and to be that age to be a kid in college trying to make it when we already know that college is hard that being an athlete is hard and on top of that you're just trying to be you like I think Leah Thomas is a hero to young trans kids I think that she is somebody that we should all be very proud of. And I think that if she hears this or she is ever having a bad day, I want you to know that like you did make a difference and I'm sorry for what you had to go through to just be you. And so I think we have to find a way forward. Like we do, you know, I mean, one of the points I make to people all the time is like, do you think that all of the therapists and the doctors and the surgeons with their degrees who treat us like, like they're all in on a conspiracy and they're crazy. Or like, is it you, you know?
0: Well, given the fact that they don't want us to treat us as, as you, as you're probably noticing the way that they're threatening hospitals right now. Yeah. And by the way, there was the, we talked about this earlier in the show about the the Children's Hospital Association, the AMA, all the board, all the different medical accreditation, bo- um, accreditation bodies got together and basically had to write a letter asking the Department of Justice in, investigate this. This transphobia—I'll say it—the transphobia to me is out of control. It is out of it's control. It's out of control. It's out of it is out of control. I mean,
1: and I'm, it's I'm unnecessary. Wondering. What are we taking the attention from? Because there's like a million and a half of us here, you know, like out of 330 million people in the United States, like there's a million and a half of us. Like we, like we're not causing any problems. And so I, I don't understand it except for the fact that like that people are ignorant. And I think about the way that it was for, you know, interracial couples. I think about the way that it was for gay marriage. I think about, you know what I mean? Like this is what we do. We're, we're, we're judgy and we don't separate church and state. Um, We have people who make laws based on how they feel. I mean, it's a, it's absurd. well,
0: I'm looking at a picture of you right now with somebody who's, who I think is awesome. And by the way, this person, I, I'll say it again because I've said it from time to time. You've an open, you have an open – Isaac Hennick, you have an open uh,
1: have an
0: open date to come on this thing. Anything you want. That
1: kid. Oh, so great. So great. You see the picture of me and yeah, I – because you – I'm you, like, with right a celebrity? At
0: the, Athlete, at the Athletes Leadership Summit. What was it yes. like meeting him? What did you say to him?
1: Okay, so first of all, Isaac Anley, I feel the same way about him. Like, ugh, the bravery, the courage. Like, and also, I'm so jealous of these freaking kids, you know? Like, they because they know earlier. Like, yeah, I try to say to them, like, when you're having a bad day, like, remember, you're going to have, like... <laughs> 60 years as yourself you know like you're, you're good but anyway so okay so when i met isaac i actually was walking around a corner and we and kind of like bumped his shoulder and i kind of turned around to say excuse me you know and i looked and i like recognized him but he had never met i only saw him on the internet like on twitter so i just kind of kept going forward and i was like wait mm-mm, mm-mm. that is somebody important and mm-hmm. you need to turn around and, like, get your brain to, like, click together and who it is. And I turned around, and I went, I think, are you? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, you're amazing. And so we just talked for a minute. It was cool. He's fun and, like, funny and smart and a fighter. And he's going to be another one that's going to make sure that the kids behind him get a chance to play.
0: Another thing, that had probably the best tattoo in sports in 2022, just a little thing in his arm where he says, let trans kids play at NCAAs. Yeah. To me, just seeing that on ESPN, yeah. in front of the country, people needed to see that. Yeah. The same way the, the, world. Needed, yeah, the world needed to see that the same way, we, the, same way the world needed to see Leah, they needed to see them both and let them know that yes. We're here, we're here, we're a part of the unit, we're here to stay. Yeah. Even though there was the protest there. And I look see, and that's another thing. I look I look at all these things. And for and for yourself, I know that they you're still still doing the podcast. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I heard the podcast you were talking to young Tyler, high school yeah. kid the high school kid up there in Michigan you were talking to on the podcast. I mean, how much added importance does the Reconstructed Man take for you now, in this moment?
1: I mean, it matters. I mean, it's like uh, when I get busy and I don't get a chance to do episodes when I should. I mean, it's I feel disappointed because people reach out to me and say, I listened to that. Or, when are you going to have another episode? Because it makes me feel like I you know, like, like I have something to look forward to. And so talking to Tyler was a life changing moment for me, honestly, you know, because he is exactly the reason why I came out publicly. He's exactly the reason why I speak out, you know, because he's a young trans kid who needs representation. Who's looking for somebody who is like him, who's felt the things that he's feeling who he he could ask a question to who he can say um I know somebody out there who made it like so the podcast is important because it it allows me to to <laughs> to be me and like hopefully it helps somebody you know
0: now one thing talk about because the whole the un the reconstructed man. Is mainly talking about trans men, trans masculine experience. Within that, and also within this issue, where where do you feel trans men need to be in this debate? Because too often they're ignored in this debate, and they're a part, and you have trans like you have trans men and trans boys who are playing sport. But in this overall debate, when we're talking about what a lot of people try to make it about where do you feel trans men need to be in what position they need to play within this struggle that we're in right now? I
1: mean, I think if you are able to, um, you know, if it's safe for you, if you have the support, you know, I think we all have to stand up for each other, all of us within any minority community. That being said, it's, we should call it what it is. Like we should, we should call it exactly what it is. It's much easier in a lot of cases, for me, once I've gotten through a certain amount of time in my transition to walk around and nobody know. In a lot of cases. That's the truth. And that's not fair. It doesn't take away from anybody's transness. like it. And, and that's what our society and cisgender people are doing. They're judging based on what they see. And they're judging based on what they've heard or what they've seen or what they've been told and not realizing that we're talking about human beings you know like there are no levels to transness like you're trans and we have to but like look look how we treat people in general right like i have daughters and like one of the things that was most important to me was like their self-esteem like i don't want any body image issues because that. It's not real. That's a social construct. But that's what we do to people. You have to fit into some kind of box. And if some trans women don't fit into a certain box, then what? They're dangerous? No. They're not. You're dangerous. Because you're crazy. You know?
0: Yeah, I I hear you. With with that in mind, since you're a father and you have daughters, I don't know if you heard about this thing in Florida.
1: Which thing? No,
0: No. In Florida now, Apparently, because of the laws that have been changed in regards to reproductive health, and in regards to banning trans athletes, now if you are a if you are a high school girl and you play sports there in high school as part of the physical form, they ask you when is your last when was your last menstrual cycle and how many weeks has it been in between. None and of your apparently business. Apparently, now some company gets it and they can disclose, and by law it can be disclosed. If a certain, if certain levels of like medical, if, if it's deemed important by school officials, I wonder what, as a father, what would be your thought on that?
1: I mean, number well, number one, there's no way, like we're not, we're not feeling that part out. And what, you're not gonna let my kid play. That's number one. But number two, this just reminds me. Okay. So they start coming for trans people right banning trans athletes like banning gender affirming care and we're like help us help us like stand up this isn't just gonna affect us like you think if they come for one portion of society's bodies they won't come for the rest like think it through and so then what happens they come like a a roe v wade like because they're going to keep coming for people's bodies like I don't get why people like so you thought that it was it was only going to be trans kids that 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 was going to be affected by this. Like, how would they know? People I meet don't know that I'm trans. Like people that you meet don't know that you're trans. And so, like, what are you people talking about? Like, let's call it what it is. Ignorance and transphobia and also hate. Right. And also discrimination. Like, let's call all these things what they really are.
0: I would agree with that. And I think one thing I'd love to see see people stop I'd love to see cisgender people especially stop doing two things. Number one, stop saying trans athletes when you really mean trans women. That's that's one of the first things I'd like to right. see. If you're talking about about boys and girls fine. If you're talking about boys, girls, non-binary people, if you're talking about everybody in that trans spectrum, fine. But if you're talking about trans women, let's just call it what it is. Quit using euphemisms and quit dehumanizing. And the second thing is, you people, would you stop speculating on people's genitalia? Stop it.
1: Why are you doing that? Like,
0: Well, well see, that's the thing, because that's the thing as far as Leah Thomas goes as far as Leah Thomas goes, because you've noticed the number of articles that talk about Leah Thomas was unexposed in the locker room. Leah Thomas was showing this. Leah Thomas... I if somebody was saying that about me, I would lose my... I... I, That's one thing about Leah, is that how she kept it together and kept her grace under that fire. And the same same thing with so many with so many of us who are in this warhead right now how do they keep yeah. the grace exactly i mean for I mean, yourself as a coach cuz you i mean have you have the have these things come up say like among the among your team in practice has any of your athletes ever just come to says coach what is this all about
1: my kids are pretty pretty supportive you know i mean i I think I just assume now when they come, either they know or they just are gonna get the me that I am, you know? And when things come up like the Dr. Phil show and I told them about it, like they're very excited. Like I mean my kids they're they're supportive, but in a lot of cases, it's not the kids that are the problem, you know? I mean that is what it is. I mean, and just kind of going back to Leah, like I like and you can probably think about this too, right? Like being a trans person. Mm-hmm. dysphoria is part of it and our bodies are often our worst enemy and so it's just like I wasn't there I wasn't in the locker room but like I just find it really hard to believe as a trans person you know that, that like we're you know in in that kind of thing where we're trying to be an athlete and it's already you know we just want to be ourselves right like it, it two plus two is not adding up, you know. So I just, no, no I want doesn't. people to just think through. Like you have to, like we're talking about humans. You got to think about your brain. Like we're not, like this isn't about anything but finding ourselves. It's not about anything but that. I don't know how else to put it to you.
0: Switching gears quickly to some basketball because I know practice is start. Practice is starting. The weather's getting colder. These days are yeah. getting shorter, shorter, which means soon enough we're going to be hearing squeaks, the sneakers on the hardwood. We're going to be hearing that basketball being dribbled. And one month from today, you're at Jackson College to start a six-game road trip.
1: Oh, yeah. first well, we'll come- <laughs> we it's going to be a heck of a start to our season. We uh, Our gym is under construction, and so we are playing our – our whole entire non-conference schedule away. And so I've got seven freshmen um, and, but they're good. You know, I, I'm, I'm really excited about my team. They, they work hard, they compete, they, they want to be champions. Um, I'm excited. And so I'm looking forward to a good year for the stars.
0: Well, one thing about this team you got coming in, cause we're gonna be following you throughout this season. So, good one. first off, who's and if you had to put a finger on somebody on the team and says this person keep an eye on them, they're gonna break through. Who would you? Who would you point out?
1: Man, that's tough. People? Yeah, no, I'd say that's tough. I mean, my, I'm, I'm really excited about this freshman class. I mean, my, I've got a really good point guard, and I, I played the one two, and the point guard is a four general. Everything runs through them. It's very, it's a very important position, you know. And so, I'm excited about my point guard. She can shoot it. Um, she's smart. She works hard. Um, I got another freshman who's like a swing two, three, four, super athletic. She doesn't even know what she can do yet. Um, and I have a couple of returners who need and want to have great years, and they can. And so, I think we have some great pieces and you know, I'm excited, you know, I'm excited for these kids.
0: Well, we're excited for the type of, type of season you're having, also we're excited for this weekend, excited for this for what's coming up on Friday because one thing I like the fact that, that you're that seeing, seeing somebody who's trans like me and black like me who is in sport really speaking out What's the one thing you hope people take away from you being from you being on the show? What's the one thing you hope people take away from it?
1: Honestly, um the first thing is I hope that I represented our community well. That's the first thing. I mean, I hope that you and other people in our community look and say, "All right, you know, you did all right. You did good. OK, that's us. Right. That's thing one. But then, two, um, I hope that a trans kid or a trans person or a parent or a friend or an ally of somebody trans who needs the support sees me and can say, hey, you're going to be all right. There's people out there fighting for you. And then lastly, um, I hope that people that don't know much about transgender people or don't understand or are against it or fear it or whatever right like i hope that they look and see a person and are like oh it's just like a regular human guy just trying to live perhaps we should let these people live and not kill them
0: well Coach Ingram is going to be on the Dr. Phil show. It's this coming Friday, October 7th. Check your local listings for where it's going to be broadcast in your area and check it out because I'm going to tell you Lane Ingram is a man you, you need if you haven't need if you haven't heard of him before, you better ask somebody. You better ask somebody. Coach Ingram, it's always great to have you here at the transporter room and you know our house is always your house anytime you want to come on speak your piece you know where you, yeah you know where you can come up
1: thanks for having me uh it's good to see you you look great
0: good to see hey I'm just trying hey, I'm just trying to get hey, I'm just trying to be look better than my football team is right now I'm going
1: <laughs> hear beat you. you
0: back down to lamp Lans- gonna beat you back down to Lansing coach lang Ingram thank you for being on the transporter room this week and Thanks to all of you for being a part of us this week. But before we go, a quick last call from Carly. And this is about something we reported earlier about the story in Vermont in regards to the locker rooms and that controversy. Well, one person decided to put her nose in the business again. And it was a certain person named Caitlyn Jenner. Yes, that Caitlyn Jenner. Here is a. A couple of days ago, she had a tweet that says, quote, We cannot have biological boys with penises changing next to our daughters in locker rooms and then have our daughters scolded by the school. This is so backward, shame one, Vermont. Apparently, Caitlin didn't get the memo that it turns out that there's two sides to a story and the second side came out in a different article a day later. But that's beside the point. Number one, Ms. Jenner. I always knew that, well, you were kind of reactionary, but I never thought you'd become creepy to actually do what a lot of cisgender people who don't like trans people do. And I don't need to ask why. But I am going to say shame on you for even going there. Shame on you. But at the same time, with that in mind, just a reminder to people within our community, and those who are allies. Is Caitlyn Jenner about as backwards as you can get? Yes. Is she about as reactionary as you get? Yes. Is she dealing with her own internalized transphobia? Yes. But I'll tell you what we're not going to do. We will not misgender her. We will not deadname her. Ever. We are not going to stoop down to the level that she continually falls to and those are the bigots who stand with her. We're not going there, and you shouldn't go there. And that's the transporter room for this week. And just a reminder for, to all of you out there in transporter room nation, if there's something you want to see or something you want to say about what we do, or someone you want to see, is there is there somebody of the caliber of Coach Ingram that we haven't had yet? Come on, eight. Hey, Leave a note on our Twitter page. Leave a note on our Facebook page. Leave a note on our Instagram page, Transporter Room Ten Four, and let us know what you think about what we're doing. Because everything I do here at the Transporter Room, I do for all of you, the people who support us. That's the Transporter Room for this week. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. Live long and prosper and steady as she goes. I'll catch you all next week.